0: Wow, great to worship with you today. I'm Eric. I get to serve as one of the pastors at the chapel. And before we jump into our brand new message series today, I just want to go over a few things that are coming up at the chapel. First of all, if you are a family and you want a date night, let us be childcare for you. We are going to do a parents' night out February, December 10th. From six to nine PM, and it's going to be at the Chapel Sandusky campus. That way, you're close to two fifty if you want to go Christmas shopping. And we know sometimes uh, not everybody has uh, parents or good babysitters for their kids, and maybe you just need a break. We want to give you that. So if you want to be a part of our marriage ministry, and we want to minister to you, text the word love to that number on the screen. So you just that's the number, and you just put the word love, send it, in a response back to you, and you can sign up that night. Just drop them off at Sandusky, come back at 9, or maybe not come at all. Maybe those people will take your kids home for a couple days, pay a little extra, right? But we're saying $10 per child, and that pays uh, for those who are watching the kids, and um, it benefits our marriage ministry as well. So if you're ready for a night out and you want the kids just to hang out with our child care and just to focus on each other, let us provide that for you. So you have to sign up, though, by December 6th, so we know how many people are coming. Also, if you are a high school student or you know a high school student, we have our last Sunday event tonight. Our last Sunday is for high school students. We do it always on the last Sunday of the month. And it's a great time where we have this just big event. All three of our campuses come together as students. Great leaders, great food, awesome worship message. It's just a really fantastic time for high school students. And tonight, they're doing friends giving. So we're going to have our normal night. It's going to be a great time, but also going to ask people to bring a uh, dish to share so we can have a family-style potluck after the message. So it should be a great time. If your students never come before, they can just show up. We have people there ready to receive them, and it's going to be a fantastic night tonight at our Sandusky campus. Finally, Christmas at the Chapel. It is officially Christmas season. You're allowed to listen to Christmas music now. I've been listening to it since November 1st, truly. Uh, But you're allowed to now, and it's only a few weeks away. And so we have a lot of different services at all different campuses. And so for Norwalk, our services are the night before Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, Eve, 5 and 6.30. And then December 24th, 2, 3.30 and 5.00. If you are a regular chapel attender and you can come to any service, we would ask you not to come to the 3.30 because that's usually the most packed. And if we have guests that day, it allows them to feel like they have some breathing room uh, and they don't have to maybe sit in our overflow room. But if if you need to come at 3.30, don't feel guilty. But if there's a time where you could come, it's a little less crowded, that will help everybody else out. So that would be awesome. But like I said before, today we are kicking off our new message series called Unwrapping Christmas. And let me ask you a question. Any present shakers in here? And you may say, what do you mean? Oh, you know what I mean. You go under the tree, you see your name, you look around, no one's looking. You pick it up, do a little shake. Underwear again? Any present shakers here? few of you, oh, we have one in the front row here. Some of you may not do it, maybe you don't want to admit it, but I'm a present shaker. Even though I think I know something in there, a lot of times I'll do it. I'm about 50-50. Sometimes I guess something and it's not always the right thing. Other times I actually guess correctly, but it's not until I unwrap the gift that I really know what is there. I can guess all I want, but when I unwrap it, I said, okay, this is exactly the gift. And that's what we want to do over the next four weeks. We want to unwrap Christmas so we really understand what is there. Because for some of us, we may understand what Christmas is, and we can relate it to Jesus, and that's great. While others of us, it's become so commercialized, and it becomes something other than about Jesus' birth. And we want to unwrap it to really understand the why of Christmas. What is it all about? From family to lights To gifts, which we'll be talking about today, what does it mean to unwrap Christmas, and how can we see Jesus in its fullest sense? So today we're going to talk about why gifts. So what I want you to do to start off today is I want you to turn to somebody, and I want you to tell that person what you're asking for for Christmas. Now, I don't want you to be like, I just want world peace. We all want world peace. But what do you really want? What's one thing that you want for Christmas? Tell the person next to you, go. All right, I need a little crowd participation today. I still in um, full from Thanksgiving, and turkey is making me tired, so I need you to help wake me up today. Yell out some things. What do you want? Joe Binkley said shoes. He has more than Marlena, that's for sure. What do we hear over here? Someone said people. Like, you want to have another baby? Like, what does people mean? Like, family gathering? Okay, gotcha, sorry. What? Nintendo Switch! What kind of games? Mario Kart? I bet you Santa may bring that for you this year, okay? We'll talk to him about that. A what? A pool? Is that what he said, Joe? A pool. I'm going to make sure your dad buys you that pool. An an in-ground pool, the most expensive that you can get. You heard it here, folks, right? You know what I want? This sounds so cool. I want a box of pens. Pens. P-E-N-S. Pens. But it has to be Sharpie pens, I am a nerd. I like to underline my books, but I need this specific pen. I don't know. I don't want a Bic pen. I don't want those cheap. I want Sharpie pens, and I will ask for that this Christmas. Sell so them at Staples. A, they're on sale at Staples? All right, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> I love those pens. You know, every year you get gifts. You give gifts, but why? You may say, well, it's Christmas, but why? Why do we give gifts? It's been a tradition, but why? We do it every year, but why? Have you ever asked the question, why do we give gifts? Why do we receive gifts? Well, it all stems back to the first Christmas. And the ultimate gift that we were given, and we give in return, is because of the birth of Jesus. And there's the best verse to describe what God gave us is the most infamous verse in Scripture, John 3.16. All of us have seen it. Yesterday, if you watched Ohio State, Michigan, let's not talk about the ending. But if you saw behind the goalpost there, someone was holding John 3.16. It's all over on T-shirts, on Tim Tebow's body. It's everywhere. Everybody knows John 3.16. But when's the last time that you really thought about what it says and the radical truth that it contains. I think sometimes we see it so often on t-shirts or at a sporting event. Or we see it on the back of a bumper. But we don't really reflect on the truth. The radical, life-saving truth of John 3.16. I know you know it. But I want to put it on the screen. And I'm just going to ask you to say it with me. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You want to know what Christmas is all about? It's about that God so loved the world that he gave. That's the first gift of Christmas is that he gave us Jesus. Why does he give us Jesus, John asks. Why did God have to give us his one and only son? so that we can spend eternal life with him. It's the greatest gift ever given. It's a free gift that all we have to do is receive or, John says, believe it. And when we believe that gift, John says, when you accept that gift, you are spared from eternal damnation, from hell. And that you can be with Jesus forever And that gift of eternal life isn't just going to heaven someday when we die. The Gospels are clear. Jesus is clear. Eternal life begins here. The moment that we say yes to Jesus and we allow Jesus not just to save our lives, he's Savior, but when we allow him to lead our lives as Lord, eternal life begins here. We live our lives for Christ. Everything else makes sense because of Jesus. But what's interesting about what John is saying here is earlier, no matter how great this gift is, and many of us in here have received that gift, and we realize how incredible that gift is, not everyone is going to accept it. In fact, John, earlier in the gospel, in John chapter 1, he explains this reality that even though it's a true gift and people, they believe, other people don't always believe it. Here's what he says in John 1, verse 11. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Now, when John says he came to his own people, at this point, he's referring to the Jews. Jesus is from the lineage of those who were God's chosen people in the beginning, the Jewish people. And they were promised a Messiah. They knew someone would come to rescue them. Not just from slavery, which they were enslaved many a times in their life, but also they knew someone was going to come and promise eternal life. And Jesus was that person, but not everyone recognized him like that. Some people saw him and said, this guy's the Messiah? He's supposed to come into this world and overthrow the Roman government. This scrawny guy with a beard and long hair? You're telling me this guy is the reigning Messiah who's going to make the Jews a powerful nation again? This guy? Other people just simply rejected because they didn't want to believe what Jesus had to say about himself. But whatever the reason was, they came to a point where they didn't recognize the gift, the gift of Jesus, and they rejected him. Now, I started thinking about gifts again, and I started thinking about what are some reasons you and I may reject a gift given to us? Well, here's a few reasons why you may reject a gift. Maybe it's you don't want to accept something from that person. Maybe you did something wrong, and you're trying to get back in your spouse's good graces, and you wanted to give them a gift, and your spouse is like, I don't want a gift from you. (laughs) But whatever reason, maybe someone has given you a gift and you don't like them or you had it out with them or there's something with that person where you're like, I don't know if I really want to receive a gift from that person. Or another reason you may reject the gift is because you're like, well, I, I don't deserve That's way too much. Are you kidding me? That's way too generous. I had this moment happen to me when I was in high school. My first car that I saved and bought was a aqua Plymouth Acclaim. When I say aqua, it wasn't like there was like an aqua strip or an accent color of aqua. I mean the whole car was aqua. Now think about this. I was in high school. I wanted to get the ladies, right? The ladies would be like, okay, and then they'd see my car and be like, no, thank you. It was not an attraction to the ladies, a pure aqua car, but I didn't care. I just wanted to drive a car. And even my mom was like, there are a lot more cars out there. I'm like, I don't care. I just want this car because I just wanted a car. Well, when I was in high school, my uncle and aunt, I think they felt badly for me and kept asking themselves, why is my nephew driving an aqua car? And one day I, they said, hey, come to the car dealership. We want to show you a car that we may give to your cousin, their daughter. I said, oh, yeah, that's great. So I go there, and they have three cars lined up. And two of them were okay, but there was this white Plymouth Alero. Anybody remember Aleros? For a high school student, that car looked like a race car. It just was awesome. It had a spoiler on it. It was incredible. And, of course, I was like, I am so jealous right now of my cousin. So my uncle, he's like, so what out of these three would you like? And I said, well, I've made it known to everybody that'll listen that I want a Plymouth white Alero, so I would choose that for her. And he throws me the keys. And I said, oh, do you want me to test ride this? And they said, no, we want to give it to you. And I almost rejected the car because I was like, this is way too much. And then I looked at the white Alero, and then I looked at my green car, and I looked at the white Alero, and looked at my green car, and I ran up to my uncle in the middle of the car dealership. I jumped on top of him, knocked him to the ground, and said, I accept your gift. (laughs) But at first I was like, it's too much. Like, you know me. I haven't been real good in high school, and I'm not that great of a guy. You want to buy me this gift? I almost rejected it because I didn't think I deserved it. Or a lot of times we may reject a gift because We don't know what strings are attached. We may say, okay, yeah, I know you're giving me this gift, and you just want me to accept it, but what's behind it? Like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to change? What do you want me to change for you or do for you? I I mean, why are you giving me this? That's a reason. But any reason that we reject the gift, honestly, if we're we're just being transparent this morning, it comes down to our pride. I mean, it comes down to, look, I know better than you. Or I feel this about myself. Or I don't like you. And therefore, I am not going to want your gift. It comes down to selfishness. Pride. And I think that's what happens when it comes to Jesus as well. At the end of the day, it's, it's about pride. I mean, again, think of this verse. John or God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The Savior of the world, who only knew heaven, came to this broken world, lived a perfect life, died in our place, so that we will not have to go to hell, but we can be with Jesus in eternity forever. That is the greatest, most incredible Gift that anybody can receive, yet so many reject it. If I go back to the reasons we reject a gift, I think we can attach those to God. Think about it. I don't, want a, I don't want a gift because it's from that person. A lot of people will just say, I don't want anything to do with God. Like if God's wanting to give me something good for him, but I don't even know if I believe in God. And if I do, I don't really even know what he wants from me. I, I don't want that from him. Or there's some of us, that we will reject it because we think it's too generous. Because we don't have a great view of ourselves. We'll think, oh my goodness, you don't understand God. Do you realize the life I've lived, my past, how I've treated my spouse, how I've done these certain things in my life? There's just no way that I can receive a gift that good. Or when it comes to these strings attached, what we say to God is, oh God, I don't want this because what do I owe you? Or what are you going to ask me to change? Or what am I going to have to give up? Or what am I going to have to add into my life? I don't know if I really want that gift. But at the end of the day, it comes down to our pride. It has nothing to do with God. He's done everything for us. He's given us this incredible gift. We reject it because of ourselves. It happened when Jesus first came and his people rejected him. And it happens now. For whatever reason it is, We say, I don't want it. And what's so incredible about God that I love about him is that he does not force you to believe. He gives us free will so we don't have to be robots. And if you want to reject Jesus, you have all the right to do that. But what I love about the end of this verse, John says this, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. And he says, you can if you want. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You have the choice to reject him. But if you accept what he has to say, and we can get over all the reasons why we don't want this gift, and we can humble ourselves and say, I need this gift, then when you accept that gift, not only Do you have a guaranteed place in heaven? But you are a child of God. And to be a child of God is to have an identity that nobody can take away from you. It gives you a purpose. It gives you meaning. It gives you worth. It gives you value that you don't have to find in people. You don't have to find in your possessions. You don't have to find in anybody. But you're given this gift of being a child of God. That's why. We love gifts at Christmas. It's not just because we want a Switch, my boy over here, or a new pool that Mac's going to be getting, or the pens that I hope people buy for me at Staples. The gift is, is grounded in this giver who has done all the work for us to give us Jesus. All we have to do is receive it, just like we will have to do on Christmas morning when we open up those presents. Now, We all love to hopefully receive gifts, but I hope even more so we like to give gifts. There is nothing better than when our family gives our kids gifts just to see their faces light up. I work obviously Christmas Eve and even the eve of Christmas Eve, and so because I'm away from my kids on the eve of Christmas Eve, we allow our kids to open up some presents from each other. And just to see like our kids' faces when they open a gift is, is, is priceless. But when someone's sister or someone's brother opens up even like a Dollar Tree toy and to see the one that gave it to them light up even more than when they received the gift is truly incredible. And that's why we give gifts. We've been given so much that when we give to others, it's a sense of gratitude towards that person. And ultimately towards God who first gave us the gift to Jesus. All we want to do is give back and return. And that's what happened in that first Christmas. And we read about this in Matthew chapter two, verse one. Jesus, he was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now these wise men were probably philosophers or astrologers or great thinkers of the day. And so when they brought these gifts, they were expensive gifts and They understood what was happening from a theological perspective, but they also brought these gifts because they knew that the ultimate gift is here and that ultimate gift is Jesus and they want to bow down and worship him and they want to give gifts of gratitude, gifts of thankfulness, gifts of love back to Jesus and that's exactly what they did. Now when you read These gifts, they're given gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If I told you to pick one that you want in your stocking this year, you're probably going to say gold, and you would be smart to do so. (laughs) But these other two gifts, these other two gifts not only meant so much from a physical perspective, but all three have some spiritual significance that I didn't even know until we researched it. In fact, here's what it says about these gifts. According to the Biblical Archaeology Society, these valuable items were standard gifts to honor a king or deity in the ancient world. Gold as a precious metal, frankincense as perfume or incense, and myrrh as anointing oil. But then look at this. In addition to the honor and status implied by the value of the gifts of the magi, scholars think that these three were chosen for their spiritual symbolism about Jesus himself. Gold, representing his kingship. Frankincense, a symbol of his priestly role. And myrrh, a prefiguring of his death and embalming. I love learning about that. Because, yeah, we see the significance of these gifts and why they would have been expensive and why they wanted to bring these to Jesus. But just to see their generosity and their heart to give and see how it's even connected to the bigger picture of Jesus is truly incredible. That's why we give. We give whatever we can, we can afford or whatever it is that will make someone else happy because it's an act of Gratitude. An act of gratitude for who Jesus is and we wanna give back to him and it's this act of gratitude to others to say how much I love you. All of which is grounded in the first Christmas of Jesus coming and these magi giving gifts. And the one thing I love about the chapel is you guys are absolutely those same kinds of people. For the magi, they brought these three gifts because that's what they could afford, that's what they thought was the best they could give to Jesus And you continue to do that as well. In fact, if you brought a Christmas shoebox over the last couple weeks, just by that gift that you're giving in honor of Jesus and to these kids, you will change a kid's Christmas forever. Not just because they get to play with a doll or a bouncy ball, which seems insignificant to us, but for them it's like getting a Nintendo Switch. But inside of that is the gospel. The gospel. And these kids will receive not only a physical representation of God's love, but they're also going to hear about how they can know Jesus as the ultimate gift. And as we added all of those boxes together, all three campuses, we have well over 1,200 boxes that we gave as a chapel family. 1,200 kids around the globe who otherwise would not have had anything physically or spiritually to open up on Christmas morning because of your generosity, you were like the Magi, presenting your gift to Jesus and allowing it to multiply. So I just wanna say thank you on behalf of our chapel family and our chapel leadership for doing that. So why do we give? Because we were given to first. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, I will light their path. Jesus says, for God so loved the world that I came to this earth to give you life, eternal life. Jesus has said, I've come to give life and life to the full. He has given himself to us so we can live life for Jesus here, then ultimately for eternity. And in return, what do we do? We give our life away. And that's in the tangible form of gratitude and gifts that not only bless people, but it blesses God because we are doing exactly what he would do as well. So as you leave today, I want to ask you to do two things. Two next steps. The first is this. I want you to take time to reflect on Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. And so what I want you to do, if you're not receiving our twice-a-week devotional that our pastors uh, write for you, I want you to text the word devotional to that phone number on the screen. Every Tuesday and every Thursday, you're going to get a devotion that your pastors sit down and write for you on behalf of this message. And it's just such a great way to reflect on what Jesus has done for us at least twice a week. I hope you do it more, but at least twice a week, you'll know when you open your email inbox at six in the morning, there's gonna be something waiting for you there. Share it with other people. But ultimately, this Christmas season, Unwrapping Christmas means unwrapping the greatest gift ever given. And the question I want you just to ask yourself is, have I received Jesus or is my own pride getting in the way of experiencing God's love and grace? This is twofold. For those of you that have never said yes to Jesus in your life, today is the day that you should unwrap the gift of salvation. And if you don't unwrap it, don't blame it on God. God did all the work. All you have to do is get over yourself and say yes to Jesus and look out for your eternity will change beginning today. For others of us, maybe we've received Jesus and we call ourselves Christ followers. But when we look at our lifestyles, I, we don't always see Jesus. So today we need to receive Jesus again, which simply means, Jesus, I want to give my life to you again. I know I already have a place in heaven, but right now I'm not living like it. I want to be forgiven by your love and grace today today so that I can receive that and then give it away to others because that's the greatest thing we can do. Why gifts? Because Jesus gave himself to us. Let's give ourselves to others. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for your love, for your grace, and for the gift of salvation. We take that so for granted. We read John 3.16 in such a monotone voice because it's something that we've learned as a kid, but then do we really believe it? Jesus, you gave yourself away for us. You gave yourself away and did all the work, so all we have to do is unwrap this gift and have eternal life, God. Help us to receive that every single day so that we can live our lives for your glory and for the good of others. That's the greatest gift that we can receive and give. Thank you for your grace. In your name, amen. Have a great Sunday.